Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. This is Marshall Fant. Welcome back to GFA Missions Podcast Rechurch. Uh, thank you for joining us. We always want to thank the GFA staff for putting this on and all the work they do. So thanks to GFA for sponsoring this. And again, I think you can tell for those um, watching, you recognize our, our guest. For those listening, Bruce, introduce yourself again. Uh, Bruce McAllister, Director of Ministry Relations here at GFA. Work a good bit with our church staffing program. So. And that's kind of the topic of today. So uh, we're going to do two podcasts, one with you. And the topic of today, okay, from the pastoral side, we, we side, we have a pastor who is interviewing with a pulpit committee, and lots of times the pulpit committee dominates the interview process. So what we want to talk about are the questions a pastoral candidate, once he becomes a candidate, the questions he should be asking the pulpit committee. Right. And so what we want to do is talk through this, and so we can kind of arm him with some ideas. And, and again, you'll be given some resources in a few minutes. But So the topic is going to be right, so it will be the pastor's, the pastor's side. The candidate's side. The candidate's side mm-hmm. for a committee. And we know this can be awkward. I mean, we know from the beginning uh, they don't know each other very well. And so I would just tell the candidate to pray and seek godly counsel. I know you do a lot of that. Men call you almost every week walking through this. So what I want to do is just interview you and and, and make a comment and let you run with it. Okay? So okay. kind of where we're going. So All right. again, okay. all right, so um, I've heard you talk before about men. So before they even start the candidating process, so let's go back to square one. I've heard you coach men through resumes, how to write a resume, how to have sermons available, so, uh, so we got we got a man now who's considering maybe the Lord's moving him. So, how how would a man even begin? How do, where would he start to update his resume, and what should it look like? Okay. And what resources are there? Well, I wrote an article for the GFA mm-hmm. uh, Church Staffing website. In fact, we have fifteen articles. If you go to gfamissionsjobs.org, you'll find. Uh, if you go to the helps tab, right up there at the top, sometimes helps. it'll yep. pop up like blog. It's really yep. not a blog, but that's the way it's set up. So uh, as far as, so it'll say helps. Mm-hmm. There are 15 articles there. And one of those articles is on how to write a ministry resume and biographical profile. I kind of believe in both. A resume tends to be uh, data, right. you know, where I went to school, what I majored in, where I've been serving, things like that. A biographical profile is more of a paragraph document that can talk about family, testimony, salvation, call to the ministry, heart for ministry, both the husband and the wife. Right. And so uh, preparing some documents like that, doing it very, very well, be sure you have an editor involved in that, mm-hmm. not just your own uh, work, but an outside editor who goes through that, put it on the very best paper, and, yep. uh, and of course, you sometimes send that out electronically as well. Sure. So there's there's that type of preparation that goes into it. All right. And then again, you've already written on that, gfamissionsjobs.org. Right. 
help column, and you can go to those. Right, okay. and they're right, and you can actually print yeah. them out. They're in a PDF form as well as electronic. Yeah. So yeah, and, and with the pastors, I mean the candidates. You know, Bruce has also written a number of articles that we recommend for the search committee, right, to look at. So you yeah. may want to read those articles as well that Bruce has written. To, to understand where the pulpit committee is coming from. That's right. There's a, there's a lot yep. there. There's, there's a lot there. There's a lot okay. there. And, but, and, and it's both for the men uh, who are looking and for the candidates. There's stuff there on church planting as well. Some men right. want to transition yep. into church yep. planting. Let me just mention a couple other resources while we're talking about resources. Uh, this book called Before You Move by John Sianka used to be called Red Light, Green Light, Discerning a Time for a Change in Ministry. A Baker book. This is a. This was taken over by Craigle. Doctor Sianka uh, added a, several very helpful chapters to the old book, and uh, this book is actually out of print before you move. But you can find it on Amazon, perhaps, and some mm-hmm. in some other resources. Doctor Sianka is a good man. I've talked to him uh, by phone. He actually has his own website as well. This book is worth its weight in gold for a man who is considering a transition. Good. And so I highly recommend this. And uh, on pages 30, 134 and 135, 136, actually is a nice set of questions mm-hmm. for the, the candidate to potentially right. ask the, the church. Uh, we have many other resources, book resources noted on our website. But let me just mention this one as well. This is by the Vandenblumer Group. Uh, it's just called Search, the Pastoral Search Committee Handbook. Though it's really written to help the search committee, all a candidate needs to do is just kind of read it, yep. in a sense, from his perspective, and it'll help a candidate prepare for process. Sure. This is the best thing on our list, in my opinion. Um, it's book. clear, it's yep. simple, it's to the point, and it's for churches of, I think, of every size. Sometimes yep. books are written for the big churches, uh, like the book Next, kind of right. as a big oh, church yeah. book. Yep. It's helpful, but... It, this is more for the sure. average average church. So, All right, so what I have done, I've put together a list of questions we're going to talk through. So I have scanned articles, I've researched books, and, and just from real-life experience talking to pastors, some nightmares of not asking the right questions of the church before we take the church. So I, I want you to comment on this. Okay, so one of the things would be um, ask for and read their constitution, all right, and then ask them the question, is this up to date? Yeah. So, um, would, so where, what am I asking? As we go through this, I want you to say mandatory, <laughs> or well, you could just think about yeah. that. All right. So, where would you put that on the list, yeah. Bruce? Well, uh, yeah, it's it's very important. Uh, occasionally, and I had a situation like this in the last couple of years where the church, a very fine church, long term pastor, uh, everything was fine as far as I know, but they actually didn't have a constitution. Yep. And they therefore they did not have a due process by which they were going to call a pastor. Yep. So they were they were at square one. Their pastor had been there for very many years. So we helped them some, you know, mm-hmm. helping them get started. And uh, I don't, of course, ever tell churches or men for that matter what they should do. But um, but a constitution is going to be very important, and oftentimes will will include a doctrinal statement in it. If it right. if it doesn't, then you need to see the doctrinal statement as well. And, uh, and then some churches are very much letter of the law about how they operate within a constitution, and other churches are rather laissez-faire. And, you know, we, it gives them a little bit of structure. But yep. so that would and, be And the follow-up question, do you follow your constitution? Yeah, that's Because right. that's we, right. we have all, 
yeah. uh, help men that said, well, we, we, we have it, but we don't follow it, yeah. or we can't find it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I think uh, – so, but finding the constitution – I mean – Reading their constitution. <laughs> Finding and, their constitution. Helping them that's find their idea. constitution. So, yeah. I mean, but that that's mandatory, right? That would be yeah, on sure. a top yeah. priority. Yeah. All right, what about this, Bruce? What about um, asking the question, membership roles are they current? When's the last time you practiced church discipline? How many times have you done over the 10 years? So on a scale, again, is that is that something you want to know? Um, I mean, the church sure. needs to know this before they call. Yeah. But where, where would you put that question? It's just you good know, advice. These kind, of, these, these kind of questions, Marsh, I, which I think are very important. If I were starting the interview, let's just back up and say, all right, so the committee, I'm assuming the committee has already interviewed right. the man, right? Great question. So, okay. all right, so the process, the way I see it, and I think the way you see it, and, you know, our listeners can do what they want to with it, but I think the, the committee, the pulpit committee interviews the candidate and maybe his wife. First, okay, and once they decide to go to the next level, then you need to back up and say, or even let them know that, okay, after I answer your questions, I'm going to have a series of questions yeah. that maybe don't come up during the interview process. Yeah. Some of these could come up as the yeah. church is interviewing the candidate, right? right? Sure. And you, I mean, this whole process of even getting to an official interview is mm-hmm. quite, this can take three months or six months just to get to this. So you probably are asking some of these things informally of right. the contact person at the church, but when you actually come and you're going to spend three, four, five days or a week or whatever at the church looking over its official candidating season, then, all right, so then maybe you've spent an evening letting them question you uh, several hours. And you've probably filled out a lot of questions oh, for them. Oh, yeah. They I give, mean, one church, the 120-something oh, questions that I they just, ask the candidate. So the past, what I'm saying, the candidate has all this time invested. Yes. I'm just saying the candidate should let the church yep. know at some point, I've got questions for right, you. Right. And so I, w- I, would, I wouldn't start off with some of these, you know, super heavy things chronologically, but in the big mix of things, yes. Okay. You know, so I would – yeah, so you you want to ask them about their constitution. You want to ask them, you know, about their financial situation. You want to you want to find out what things things like what are you looking for in a pastor? Yeah. What are your All expectations? Right, well, let's start, hold on, let's go back. Yeah. Finances. Okay. So what questions do you want? What what are reasonable? <laughs> well, Re- reasonable. maybe ask them what drawer in the pastor's desk are the yet to be paid bills. Okay. <laughs> That's always the big surprise. You yes, know? it is. And I mean, be careful how you ask that. But uh, yeah, all your finance, all the bills yeah, up to date. That's right. And uh, so it is absolutely. If you are being seriously considered as a pastoral candidate, it is your business to get uh, the annual or quarterly mm-hmm. financial statements for the last. And you can ask them. I mean, you could say for the last five years, or you could even years, say ten right, years. Yeah. But, I mean, that might be, you know, in some ways hard to produce. But at least it's get some of the recent sure. reports, find out exactly where they stand financially, uh, any debt, any obligations, any unpaid bills, any uh, heavy debt. And just you need that information concretely and not just off the cuff and little informal note, you know. No. And be nice about it, but 
you're going to be responsible for that in short order if they call sure. you to be their pastor. So, And I think with that financial, I think there's nothing wrong with asking for what is their expectation to support you. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah so somewhere along the way, the conversation, yeah. is this going to be a parsonage? Is this going to be housing allowance? Right. And what, what is the, the budget? Right. Uh, I mean, that's got to be approached carefully right? because I would, we're not yeah. hirelings. Right. And I would put that toward the bottom of the yep. list. I kind of like how uh, Dr. Sianka, um, he put this as question 20 on his list of 21. He said, mm-hmm. um, what has been the procedure to determine the remuneration for this position? With whom will I meet uh, during this visit to talk about the compensation package? That's a pretty nice way to put it. Very kind. Uh, and so I, the, what really ought to happen is the church, the committee, should take the initiative on this, right. not putting the guy in a spot where he even has to ask a question. And I would, honestly, I would be a little leery of a church that never brings that up, a committee. Like they go through this whole process, and they never take the initiative. I would absolutely say to the committee, let the man know, that is going Absolutely. to be discussed, and and somebody, you know, there'll be forthright information coming on that. Now, occasionally a church, I had, there was a church that I was aware of that had a very large amount of money saved in the bank. For a local church of medium size, they had a lot of money. And so they were actually looking for a pastor that they could trust, mm. not trust with that money, because right. right. he I'm should not, shouldn't be his personal purview, right. but... Uh, that would they, is trustworthy in, right. in, a, in a leadership role with that much money saved. Well, I totally agree with that, uh, that they need to be extra careful in their case. Um, uh, but they had a reason not to divulge that. Mm. Yeah, okay? yeah. Because they yeah. didn't want a guy coming to see that, finding yeah. out yeah. that they had this large amount of money. Well said. Uh, and so, yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's very well said. So I think the the church does have the right to protect certain information like that right. until a certain point. Now, let me let me just address this. So um, our our men that are thinking about this, this is a question to ask. And again, we're recording this in August of 2021, and there's just been the housing spike all around the country. Yeah. And some of our churches that are looking right now, uh, one church told me that. What they had in the previous budget for the previous pastor, the housing allowance was no longer sufficient because the housing prices has gone up. So this would be, again, I love the way you read that question. So who on the committee can explain the housing prices and what that's going to look like? But these conversations, I think the whole purpose, the big umbrella of this conversation with Bruce would be to help you men be equipped to at least know there's nothing wrong with addressing these questions. Yes, that's right. And again, right. the way you do it, you know, right. uh, is also yeah. important. Yeah, you know? I, I would just throw this in, Marsh, that um, uh, sometimes a man will dis- will wonder why are they asking this question of me. Mm. Okay. And uh, and and what you'll find out is that the things that are the most sensitive for mm. the committee are the things that have caused division in the church Absolutely. just in recent years. Right. So they're going to ask you some fine nuance of something that actually was a problem. So just be aware of that, that that's, yeah. that's usually why they're asking that question. And I think that would, that would segue into a question I have. Is there any current unresolved conflict in the church? Mm-hmm. And then um, 
has explained to me the last two or three conflicts the church experienced. Right. So I think that would be crucial as well, right? That's right. Okay. That's right. I would I would go with that, and hopefully they've been resolved or minimized. Yeah. I mean, you can you can always expect that when you go to a congregation, a church, mm-hmm. that there will be. This is my personal opinion, sure. my my experience is that there will be just kind of human nature. There'll be five to ten percent of the people that will not be in sync. Right. With the rest of the church on whatever it is. And some of that's just naysayers or whatever. You know, they're just, they have, they just have an alternative view about things. So it's like when you preach. Yep. When you preach, yep. you always know that if you preach to 100 people, there are going to be five, six, seven people out there or so that are not going to, are not going to appreciate what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah and, and at least, I mean, in a, in a very healthy situation. Sure. And I remember one time a church was having that really fine church, and they said, you know, we have great unity, but we have this one family. And I'm like, you better rejoice that you just have this <laughs> one family, you know. that Sure. So, so yeah. these are realistic yeah. things, and, and mature people know how to navigate these things, and a good pastor knows how to navigate them as well. So. All right, so let's, let's tie into the next one. So, and I think uh, um, the, the book has got a question on this as well, but... So let's talk about the role of the pastor. Okay. All right. So what would be, um, in other words, where I'm trying to go with this, how does the committee, how does the church see the role of the yeah. pastor? So how, I mean, I think um, you've dealt with this. So how would you ask yeah. that question? I, I think you could say, um, uh, gentlemen or gentlemen and ladies, if you have ladies on the committee, just say, what are your what, how how does a normal week function in the life for the pastor in the right. life of this church? Uh, what kind of uh, office hours are expected? Uh, what uh, how many evening are there evenings out in addition to church services expected? Uh, is there a, an average number of hours per week, or is it just worked on a let's get the job done? Yeah, and you might even let's just say I know Marsha, you're you're. You were, I think, you were a coach, right, for your boys' team. Oh sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, young men and women growing up in a family, boys and girls, their parents like to go to three o'clock in the afternoon ball mm-hmm. games after school. And so, I mean, most pastors I know they come in early. They may work in the evening. They may visit in the evening. But a lot yeah. of them like to, you know, go at it hard till you know three o'clock in the afternoon, and then it's family time till seven o'clock or sure. whatever. And but they need to communicate. Yeah. How, well, and, or they may be working in essence seven days a week or always right. on call. So they have flexibility and, you know, churches may go, Hey, pastor, get the job done mm-hmm. and take care of your family. And we'll be happy with that. And other churches might, you know, like a church that has a Christian school and a highly structured situation and everybody else is at the building till right. f- four or five o'clock yeah. in the afternoon. That's a little different dynamic. Mm-hmm. So it may well be, that a pastor's going to put in a full, full regular, uh, eight nine hour day at, at the, the office, facility, at and the that facility. may just be what the expectation is. Some pastors love to yeah. study at home. They sure. have a home office. That's how they get it done. So they study in the mornings, do administrative stuff in the afternoon, and visits. So find out what what the what that church expects. How do you how do you broach the subject of what what does the what does the committee view the role of the wife? How do you how would oh, you? That's a good one. Because I mean, you got to find out. I mean, because a lot of them yeah. consider her to be an unpaid employee. Yeah, there you go. An unpaid pianist or unpaid secretary. So, how how would you recommend a man yeah. approaching that subject? 
You know, I maybe the thing there to do is to say, talk, talk to me about the, the last two pastors or the last three pastors and pastors' wives and uh, comment, if you will, on uh, how those family dynamics yeah. worked out and what was good, what worked, what didn't work. And they may not want to talk about personality, so that may, right. not, may not be the best way to approach it. But I think just saying, um, you know, my wife's a team player. Uh, she's all in. And uh, my wife is gifted this way, this way, this way. Some pastors' wives are gifted right. a different way. And so uh, what, what are your expectations for my you wife? you got to talk about it. I would. I would. And another question I found is um, helpful is men, uh, if they're interviewing a young man who's coming in with children, when was the last time you had a pastor with child, young children in the home? Oh, good. Because that changes the dynamic of everything, it right? It does. So we got to talk through, find a way to talk through the family relationships and what the church is expecting. Right. Any and, other, what else? Well, and that, that plays that. into the question, and again, this is a down-the-list question, right? but it's important. Um, uh, vacations, like yeah. if you have small children especially, right. go to see grandparents, mm-hmm. um, all of that, then uh, how does that work? And how does that work over time? You know, some a lot of businesses will say you get a week off after a year and two weeks off, you know, years th- two to five and three weeks after that. Are we in that type of situation? Mm-hmm. Or uh, let's say a man's already been used to having two or three weeks off vacation a year. Some men maybe are fortunate enough to have five, uh, four weeks off a year. Yeah. And if they come into a situation that's going to be more yeah. confining, so those are things to, again, I wouldn't be demanding about, but I would no. be asking about for sure. clarity's sake. And again, along with that, and it's uh, that vacation, paid vacation. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. You have to get that. And yeah. and actually, uh, some churches very much want their pastor to take an actual day totally off mm-hmm. during the week. That maybe that day can be a day of his choice. Uh, and that protects his family, that sure. gives him family time, that lowers expectations about this seven-day work week and all. So I, I think it would be good to get some understanding on that as well. And that's, again, very important from a family life standpoint. All right, so next question. How does a pastor inquire about two things, um, the community, because many of the churches right now that don't have pastors on, on the GFA website or in rural areas. Yeah. So how, how, I mean, so what's your advice to a, um, let's just say the, the candidate is talking with his wife and they live in an urban area where the Walmart is two miles away mm-hmm. and they're going to rural America where Walmart may be 30 minutes away. Uh, so before he even gets to the committee, what's your recommendation to a pastor and his wife? How do they talk through that? Well, there's a fair amount of common sense on, on this one, I think. But ideally, yeah. it's good if the man and his wife, the pastor and his wife, are a good match for the community from the characteristics right. of the community standpoint. So you and I know of Western churches, for example, that right. are very provincial. And yes. they want Western culture they do. type people. They don't want and they, they really city don't, slicker. No. They we, don't trust I, us from the we east. We wouldn't no, work. No, we love them. No, we can preach we there. And but man, or even maybe New know, England with me being from the south. Uh, there you go. I mean, I they may not. Yeah, accent, you know, accent accents, accents matter. To, it, it, they it, do. And even 
even sometimes, you know, like if you cheer for that college football team or this college football we team, got a problem. that might be a deal breaker, which sounds crazy. No, but, but it's who, the culture. Yeah, and it can be done in fun. I mean, you can just sur- sure. surely people give it. No, I would I would explore that and um, and actually how how you relate to that community. Uh, do you go to rodeos? Yeah. Do you go to football yeah. games? Do you go to uh, whatever the local big deal yeah. is? Do you eat yeah. at the – that type of barbecue restaurant, you learn those things over time, but it really helps if the committee would coach you in that. And then you got to get your wife on board if this is going to work for her as well. Now, honestly, anytime in ministry, cross-cultural ministry, going to the mission field, you've got to expect to Mm -hmm. adjust, adapt, and die to self and learn a new culture if you need to. Uh, to really be effective. So, all right. So let me ask this because I mean, this is a question um, I heard you you asked me this, or you made the statement that one of the hardest decisions you'll make as a pastor or a church planter or going into new situations how you educate your children. So, wouldn't a good question be for the candidate to ask the pulpit committee how do the children, how do the parents in this church, how the education, how they're selected? Yeah. And you might want to start with what do the families in this church do in the education of their children? Okay. Some churches are very dominated by a homeschool culture, right. and you're almost the odd guy out if you don't follow that model. Uh, others uh, have a Christian school, mm-hmm. and if, and it, in some cases, in probably most cases, if you're working on the staff of a church that has a Christian school under the church, they're going to pretty well they're expect you, you yeah. to put your children in that school. Even if you're a strong homeschooling family, and you have to talk through all of that, and I'd be, I'd be, it'd be very delicate to walk through that if you sure. don't know the culture there. And then, and then, but you got to ask the question. You do. It's got to be a right. okay. And I think you have to find out as well. Uh, how does this church view people in the church, members in the church, who send their children to public school? Mm. Because that may well affect how much outreach you're going to have do right. in community penetration if you're just locked into no, a limited yeah. viewpoint. You know, healthy thing to me is to let people make those decisions themselves and a pastor and the leading people in the church do some coaching over time, but they don't yep. make all of this an absolute issue for every family. But the candidate needs to know going in. And what's expected of what's him expected. and his family. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Any other comments on education or, or that type thing? Um. It's, it's a little different, but uh, some churches are oriented toward a Christian college or two or three. Right, yep. And so I think it would be good to find out, okay, where do the young people from this church typically go to college generally and then to Christian colleges, yep. and what are the expectations there? And you can find that out pretty quickly. It doesn't take – but I would, I would find it out. And if, and if, for example, you have in mind for your children to – go to a certain Christian college that may not be the norm for this church, is that going to be okay? Is that going to be a problem? Yeah. Yep. So find out. All right, so uh, help me with this. Now, again, most churches, not all, uh, have a video of their services online. So obviously the candidate, we recommend you go and watch a typical service. But the, those cameras don't pick up everything. So how does a man address um, – I mean, the, the constitutions may or may not address the translation issue, so that needs to be discussed. And I'm sure the committee has already talked to him about that, so that will kind of come from the, yeah. the, the committee. Uh, but I will say this. Sometimes what's written yeah. is not what's actual. Yeah. 
because they they're they either haven't enforced a right. some narrow view that's in the Constitution, or they've changed. Uh, it, they could have changed in either direction. They could have tightened up. They could have loosened up on that. But um, all right, so let's go back to the Constitution. Thought just hit me. I forgot to ask you about. So I thought a, a question would be: uh, Are there any changes to the Constitution you expect me to make when I come in? Yeah, yeah. it's good. good. The reason I say that because if it, then you that's creating almost controversy from the beginning because you're going to change something and you you're going to get some pushback from somebody. So um, yeah, and I, I, that was just a. Yeah, I just had a conversation with a pastor that's outgoing. He's he's retiring and. Uh, he told me. I, mean, I didn't ask him much. He was very forthright. He said, mm. I, I was not able to get this done. I was not able to get that mm. done. I wanted to get these changes. Here's why. I tried it a couple times or something, and it didn't work out. I didn't push it. And he, he was, you could tell, he was a wise pastor. Um, and I said to him, on, I can't remember the issue, but I said, well, it would really be good on that mm, one if no. you would take care of that before the new man comes. And he may or may not. I don't know. But but it was uh, it was a delicate matter, and so it, it needed clarification because the the practice of the church is not actually what the Constitution says. Set, yeah. And and the new guy coming in, if he's got to make yeah, this change, no. yeah. oh. but but I would I would say in general beyond just Constitution, I would right. say this is a healthy thing to ask a church is, um, and it's in Dr. Sianka's questions. Um, he says it like this. He says, if you were to look into a mirror, a congregation were to look into a mirror, how would they describe themselves? Very what are good, the strengths and weaknesses yeah. of this church? So if you play off strength and weaknesses, mm-hmm. and, and he said, be sure to let all the members of the committee address this, not just one dominant right. voice, you know, representing. So, all right, so then. All right, so can I stop say, you right you could there? Do, you could do a church survey, couldn't you, Dick? I could, but yeah. can I stop you right there yeah. and say, all right, so. Um, you know, again, the the candidate coming. I mean, he he is really on their turf during this, and 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 when when one guy immediately answers, okay, how would you describe the church strength and weaknesses? Uh, I just want to make sure the candidate understands that he may need to take control at that point and say, okay, I'd like to hear others' input. Sure. Yeah. So making sure the candidate does get a a. A fair representation, because I think what you just said is very important. Let somebody get, get not just the dominant, you know. And you okay. could you could set it up like this, Chad. I'd just like to go around the committee here. You know, you say go. you got five people. I'd like to have each of you address this question. And then with strength and weaknesses uh, or positives and not yeah. so positives, you could say, what, what would you all individually, mm-hmm. let's go around the committee again, what would you like to see change for the better in this church in the next it's two years, question. three years, That's five years. That's a great years. question. And then, you're, then you have a little bit of sense of agenda. Yeah. Yeah. If they ask you that question, mm-hmm. I'd be hesitant to ask that because you really got to learn some things before you right. before you come out with your agenda. But um, and, and the book you recommended uh, before you move has got a lot of these questions. Yeah, it does. Okay, yeah. it does. So it's please, really good. please, yeah. um, uh, you know, get get the book and read through it. Uh, let's see. What other thing did I have? Uh, here, I want to make sure, um, you know, need to find out, okay, really, wh- where where are the key decisions made? Yeah. Okay, because, I mean, it, it may be congregational rule, but there may be a board or a deacon board or an advisory board that everything's got to flush through before it ever gets to the congregation. Yeah. So how would you ask that question, Bruce? Just like I just did? Or are you, I mean, you, well, have, a, you have a way of massaging the questions to, to make them very – uh, receptive, where I can be a kind of abrasive. So, how would you massage a question like that? Well, I'm going to give you a little 
little piece of insight. I, I have this way of looking at things, and I'll say is regarding documents versus practice is there's the way it is on paper, right? and then there's the way it is, okay? <laughs> and I think we know this in life. I would just, I think I would just throw it out and say, uh, gentlemen, what is the general decision-making process that this church has? Mm. Where do, where, like, where do from I, the beginning from all the, the way? Where yeah. do you take yeah. A, yeah. a new idea, yeah. Yeah. and and how does that does that go through yeah. you all? Yeah. Do you all have a a standard for a consensus before yeah. you take it further? Then. Uh, do you present that to the congregation? Well you give said. them time to think it through. Yeah. What's the process? And and on some things, Marsh, you know how it is in ministry. Some things the pastor has the purview to mm-hmm. make day to day decisions that are not right. super major financial decisions or whatever. So he may even have a spending limit. Mm-hmm. And he can spend, let's say, five hundred a month or a thousand a month in a healthy sure. good child church and he doesn't have to uh, I mean he would do he would be smart to report that and, and to work through yeah. that. Yeah. But just there's just things you have to do. You have to fix the lawnmower sometimes. You can't just have but, a church vote on that. So, But you need to know the reality of how That's right. things move through the church for approval. And I would find out, like, I would find out privately all you can on that. You could right, ask no, that to the committee, but then. You're talking about ask that to the chairman? or are, So at what point would you call this, and I'm, I've got to wrap this up. All right, so I think one question is how many pastors have you had in the last oh, yeah. 20 years, 30 years, 40 years? Okay, because that's going to be a key indicator. Right. So you need to find that out somewhere along the way. But but at, at what point do you – well, I'll leave it to you. So what else is going to be there that this guy needs to find out? Is there anything else that's like that would be a deal breaker? Um. Well, I would discover who is the leading layman in the church. Okay. And it may be two leading laymen. All right. But there's a way to find out. There or, if is, it, or if it's a family-controlled church. That's Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, a greater family. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You don't automatically recognize a family clan church. And really, there's nothing particularly wrong with a family no. clan church. Fifty people and half of them are intermarried and, you know, relatives. But it's a different you got to know a that different going thing. In. You do. Yeah. So you probably want to discover uh, who's married to whom, just just through general conversation as you're there, and make those connections. And then you want to find out if you can: is there a layman in this church that say has been running off people in general, or has or ever pastors. been running off pastors? There you go. And so you got to discover that. And, and I, again, you've all we've all been in churches that have been faithful. They've had one pastor for 35 years or, you know, in a series of 100 years, they've only had like four pastors, okay? But they need to find out if there's a problem here because some churches can be a pastor's graveyard. I mean, I hate to say it that way, but that is fact. And another factor, Marsh, is... is if a, if you've had a long term pastor, say a church planter mm-hmm. or a thirty year pastor, uh, what what are his his and his wife plans to Good. stay in the church or not? That's a whole discussion. It is, and I don't I don't think there's any one particular way of right. approaching that. But that you know that's a factor in how much you know that's going to work for you and your your wife. And I I think it can work. I think it worked to stay in. I think it 
uh, is fine if the man and his wife want to move sure. on. Sometimes they don't have much sure. option no. because they don't have any other friends, and so they want to stay. All right, so let's wrap it up. The, the key is here, as, as the, the pulpit committee is communicating with the man, at some point the man's got to have the freedom and, and I think the, the fortitude to go and address them and say, look, I also have some questions. And I think if, we, if you don't do that homework, regardless of who recommended the church, it's up to you and your wife to discern God's will for you to go and pursue it. And part of that is, and again, we know the book of James, any man needs wisdom, what, let him ask from God above. So this, you got to pray through this. you got to pray for wisdom. you got to pray for discernment. And you got to pray that, you know, and, and one other question, I just love that. Is there anything else I need to know? Yeah. So, you know, you there could, you, you could end the question. You could end this by, yeah. by men. Is there, is there anything else I need to know about the church? Yeah. And, and, you know, so, so and again, I, you know, I think it's important when we're probing deep, you know, they're probing, you're probing yeah. that, that it not all stay on that in kind of that, uh, Prosecuting attorney to sound yeah, yeah, right, to it. Right, it I right, think right. I think the tone yeah. of the candidate yeah. should be: Let me share with you what God is doing in my life. Let me share with you my vision for ministry. This is who I am. This is who my wife is. Here is what we want to invest in and love the people of wherever God leads us. And and give you know your basic approach to ministry, your heart for ministry, your love for people. Keep it like that, and just say. Uh, in in all of that, I, there's some things I need to know, and exactly. and keep it keep it like that, and keep it positive, and thank yeah. them, and I mean yeah. you're at the earliest stage of a relationship, so there's only so far I think you can go, especially in a group meeting. I think you can get off to the yeah. side with an, an individual, and then if they have red flags come up, yeah, and the pro, and the process goes further, then you can the the candidate can then come back and and ask. More detailed question, but the thing is, you got to form a line of communication because if you can't communicate before you come, you probably not going to be yep. able to communicate once right. you get there. All right, all words of wisdom. Uh, Bruce's email address will be in the show notes. My email address has been there, but I do want to make sure you understand gfamissionsjobs.org under the helps tab. Uh, Bruce has provided a wealth of information there. So I appreciate that ministry you have, and thanks for your And a lot of books uh, on the website as well. So So again, just avail yourself to make sure you know how the committee is going to interact with you and how you have a responsibility to interact with the committee as well. So, Brooks, thanks for your time. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org slash consulting.